It's so funny, like, seeing, like, a grown man pop off because Jigglypuff won or something. <laughs> and then he faints because of it. You know, if I ever pop off like that, I want everyone to clip that 15 times. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 20. My name is Max Bleiser, and I'm joined by Mr. Big Show himself, Broken Wing. How are you doing, my friend? Pretty good, you know. Everything's going up aces, you know, as they say. They are. That's good. I tell you what, you are... I, I, I call you Mr. Big Show. Because, again, no Pringle this week. He had uh, a thingy, weather-related. He couldn't make it. But you know what I realized? You were on episode 10. It's a big episode for a new podcast. And then you're on episode 14, which was the end of the year podcast. That's how we closed out 2020 with the Fighting Game Awards. And now you're on episode 20, which is, again, another little mini milestone. So it seems every time there's a big show... You insert yourself into FGC Hollywood. How do you feel about that? You know, honestly, I think it's hilarious <laughs> because, <laughs> again, as the as the joke of the, uh, the the Discord is, oh hey, if Pringle and or Mac is not available, press uh, break here for Broken Wing. Yeah, you are the ever rotating third chair, and yeah, we got a good show. We got a, a lot of things to talk about. A lot of news this week. A lot of. Uh, interesting things are happening i like the fact that 2021 is starting on a better foot than 2020 so we'll get into it but before we get into it uh before we get started i always forget to do this so i'm going to try to be better about remembering to do this at the start of the show so just a reminder to everybody that's listening fc hollywood is supported by patrons on patreon you can visit us at patreon.com slash forward fgc hollywood where your questions are read first if they're submitted there and as well as there's an extra show each and every month also, don't forget that we have a Discord server with a cool little community, Broken Wing, as a part of it. So if you would like to join us, you can do so by visiting the description of the video version of this podcast on YouTube. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So now we can get started with everything. And, you know, speaking of the video version of this podcast, uh, episode 20 is going to be a little bit different. So if you're listening to this right now on audio and you're not a youtube person then this doesn't affect you at all but if you are a youtube person i'm gonna do an experiment with fgc hollywood for episode 20 just to see how you guys like this and trying to get some feedback so this episode will be a little bit different it's gonna have video in it not of us because nobody really cares to look at us i don't think but it's gonna have b-roll and some other things in there as we're talking i'm gonna try and insert some b-roll of things instead of just looking at the thumbnail the thumbnail will still be there when obviously there's not much b-roll to of things we to talk about but for example we're going to be talking about guilty gear street fighter so uh it's just going to be an experiment just to give uh, the people who are watching this for some reason instead of just listening to it a bit more of uh, visual stimulation so i'm going to try that for this episode if people really like it and they want it to remain i'll do it moving forward and if they don't we'll go back to the old school thumbnail with them listening to us. So that's just a little announcement before we get to the show. Uh, actually, I got two announcements. So the first one was that. The second one is a Patreon-related announcement. Uh, this side is mostly dedicated to people who are supporting the show on Patreon. I got a message from a patron. This doesn't only go to present people on Patreon, but future ones as well. I got a message from somebody on Patreon saying that they really like the show, but they're having financial struggles and they can't really support us anymore. You know, they they felt really bad. So I just want to put this out there for anybody who has been a patron or is thinking about being a patron. Don't worry about it. I, I, that's the last thing I want is like, 
just because you know you support the show on patreon and then you have to back out for whatever reason i don't take it personal the show will always remain free patreon is really if you want to go the extra mile but it doesn't preclude you from entering the race so i have absolutely no issue if you know if obviously if you got to make the bills and you got to pay something you know it's probably better for you not to give money to fgc hollywood and pay off a car or something so no problem whatsoever i just don't want anybody to feel bad because it's like oh man i had to back out of patreon that's not an issue we'll still welcome you as a listener and yeah that's pretty much it thirdly broken i have I have a question for you because i think okay. you used to listen back to when i used to do tmp right the max plus podcast we were talking about this during uh one of our conversations in the discord and we were just making fun but then i started realizing i was like damn was tmp cursed so i made a list here of everybody who used to be on tmp back in this is mid 2020 and where are they now so Check this out. Stumblebee, content creator, FGC, does video essays, hasn't uploaded in like six months, <laughs> so he's MIA. Mike Z came on on episode 92. Everybody knows what happens in the FGC. Lab Zero's rip, shut down, and Mike has been canceled from the FGC for everything that's happened. Pokechop came on episode 93. Right after episode 93, he had a first to 25 money match, and he lost the first to 25. <laughs> Coefficient came on episode 94. Right afterwards, he became a VTuber simp and is now on his way to becoming a Dragon Ball Fighters creator. And last but not least, Ernesto Lopez, you all know him. He came on episode 98 of TMP, and since then he has changed his channel name from Ernesto Lopez to be an exclusive button check. So that's all he does now. Do you think TMP was cursed? I think that's just a weird coincidence. <laughs> I feel like the Mike Z one was going to happen. Whether we wanted it or not, there was a war in Cabal, mm-hmm. and we start we didn't start it, but we had to. But something happened. Dumblebee, where is that man? We need we need we need an update. Somebody from the family of Stumblebee say hey, just to let you guys know he's he's doing a new project. Yeah, it is quite the coincidence. If I am responsible for this, I apologize. I did not mean to uh, pivot those people in the way that, in which they went, <laughs> but. You know, at least Hell Pocket seems to still be doing fine. He was on episode 96, I believe. And Emily, Nix Rose, she's doing fine, I still think. And she was on episode 86. So not everybody was marked by the curse of Max Bleiser. Uh Next, we got Netcode updates. So I believe not last week, but the week before, Pringle and I were talking about Netcodes in the FGC and all the games. The ones I haven't tested were Battle for the Grid and Fexel. Mm-hmm. I finally played Fighting EX Layer with Zeo that has rollback, but it's uh, not great. A lot of rollbacks when we played uh, Zeo and I. It was bad for him on his end, bad for me on my end. I will say, though, even though it wasn't great, it was better than when I tried to play Tekken 7 with him. So at least there's that. It's not top-tier rollback, but if you're willing to look the other way and know that it's going to be rolling back to different states when you're not used to it, at least you can still play, right? It doesn't pause the action, kind of like how Tekken does. So it's not great, but it's not the worst thing I've ever played under. So it's a cool game. It's currently on sale, but that doesn't matter to anybody listening right now because I won't be able to update or rather to upload this podcast quick enough for you to get the sales. They should know already. Come on, it's Steam Lunar Sale. You should know that it's out there. But now we got Hollywood question of the week. So we got this late I just asked the Discord, I was like, hey, do you guys have a question of the week? Because I forgot to think of one. So this one comes by courtesy of Iron Bagel in the FGC Hollywood Discord. 
and he asks, what defines a quote-unquote casual player? I've always heard conversation about the difference between quote-unquote competitive and casual fighting game fans, but I've never heard what the actual distinction is. I've heard a variety of answers, none of which were concrete. I don't think there is a concrete answer to this, but do you have a definition of a quote-unquote casual player within fighting games? Casual is just I either A, play the game because I enjoy fighting games, but are not enough to go in a competitive feeling like I don't want to go to a tournament or anything like that. I just play for fun. Or B, someone who just plays it for the story or something. Like they just play for the characters. They're not actually playing the fighting game. Like you're not going to see them once a week or once a day or once a month playing the game. They just pick it up for the characters pick it up for the story and they'll probably play with their friends, but they're not going to actually go in and like do a first to five or something, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the definitions. I, mine would be pretty similar. I would say what makes a casual player are the things. So like you and I play fighting games for a different reason than what a casual player would play fighting games. When you and I go to pick up Mortal Kombat, we might think that, hey, the variation system might be kind of cool. I want to experiment with that. Versus a casual player, he said, whoa, did you see Johnny Cage's new fatality in Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate? That looks sick. And they saw that commercial, and that's what drove them to buy the game. And story mode plays a big factor. It's the, it's the non-hardcore attributes of the fighting game that really intrigue cas the casual market. That has to do with flashy visuals. It has to do... If there's a famous soundtrack, like if Snoop Dogg's on the on the record, right? So there's certain appeals that really attract casuals versus hardcores. Hardcores, like you and I know, before the game's even out, what kind of mechanics are going to be in Guilty Gear Strive? Whereas you have casual players who probably don't even know who the main character is in Guilty Gear Strive. They won't know until they see, you know, the little, uh, not billboard, but what, you know what they call that, the little... A display thing at Walmart oh, with yeah. soul on it. They won't know what that is until they see the box art. They're like, hey, that looks kind of cool. Let me check it out. And another thing, it also has to do with the fact that it's a phase. A lot of people have jumped on Street Fighter V and it was a phase until the next thing came out. Whereas with us, non-casual players, I think we, we can have phases in fighting games, but a lot of us go from having a phase, for example, with Fighting EX Layer and then going away to another fighting game instead of going away to playing Call of Duty or, you know, Uncharted or something else. So it's not concrete at all. I think Iron Bagel's right. There's a lot of different variations to the definition, but I think a lot of it has to do with marketing. A lot of it has to do with your motivation for buying the game and how long you stick with it. Yeah, I think that the point of uh, the cat... So people say, people rip on the casual market all the time. They're like, oh, they're the reason why games suck nowadays and this and that. Technically, it's okay to have casuals. Like, it's okay we need to them. calm. Yeah, you need them. But it's okay to also calm down. Like, you don't need to. Like, I enjoy playing fighting games at a competitive level. Don't get me wrong. But there are people out there that they just want to press buttons. They don't want to, like, win or lose. They just want to have a good time. And that's fine. No one's saying you can't, you know, just... What's the word I'm looking for? You can't just press buttons and you can't just have fun pressing buttons. No one said that's not a thing you can do or can't do. Like it's A-OK -okay to just press buttons. And I think that's the same way with how we should approach the fighting game community. It's OK to, you know, it's OK to be a casual. Listen, I'm a casual when it comes to shooting games. 
I don't keep up with the masses, right? I I liked Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I liked it because I could play with my friends. But I didn't play the next one or whatever the next one was. I don't even know. Like, I didn't keep up with the conversation because I'm a casual. You'll have to be into a video game seriously for people to, to buy the game. It's fine to just casually approach it and enjoy what it is when you get it. Mm-hmm. All right, now we can move on to podcast corrections. We don't have any, but I read this to you the other day and I just found it funny, so I want to read it on a podcast. So we got a comment from Yeah Whatever on YouTube, and he said this. This is from the last podcast. He said, Neve versus Scrubman, Juna versus Sajam, Ultra Chen versus Hollywood, Leon Massey versus the pronunciation of Guilty Gear, the Vice documentary not showing the real FGC rivalries, shaking my head. All right, so first things first, I actually need to re-listen to how Leon Massey says Guilty Gear. I mean, he is, you know, British, right? Yeah, he's British. Okay, yeah, you know what? You know what? I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it only took one second, like le- less than a second into the video. Here we go. Hold on. I love Guilty Gear. You love Guilty Gear. We all love Guilty Gear. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, whatever was on point with that comment. Sure was. You know. All right. You know what? Let's let's take a look at this list real quick before we move on to the news, and let's take a look at the matchup. I think Knee versus Scrubman is free. I think that's ten zero Knee. That's also yeah. You're right. It is ten zero Knee. Knee's gonna beat him IRL. But the yeah. discussion behind it was kind of hilarious. Juna versus Sajam. I think Sajam's going to win because Sajam plays a bigger gorilla. Well, no, they both play gorillas. I think it's like a 6-4 to Sajam. Because if you think about Juna and Sajam, they're practically the same person, except one is anime, the other is Capcom. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, so, well, actually, the question is, which one's anime, which one's Capcom? Well, I mean, Juna is called anime He's in the anime Illuminati, but every now and then, he'll actually just pretend that he's a Capcom schmuck, and then... Sajam's like, man, anime is such a great series. I don't know what is. And then well, he, doesn't, he out... doesn't pretend to be a schmuck, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. So what I'm saying is, is that here's the deal. For all of you who don't know, Jiyuna plays a gorilla who eats glue named Leo Whitefang. And Sajam plays a gorilla who eats glue named uh, Soul Bad Guy. So the real question is, which one eats more glue? That's the real question. Yeah, I think they both eat a healthy amount. Exactly. Uh, Ultra Chen versus Hollywood. I think we got this free. We got this free. This is this is the, that's the most freest competition ever. <laughs> and then Leon Massey versus the pronunciation of Guilty Gear. Ah, dude, that's a that's a nine one for Guilty Gear. I get again. You like Guilty Gear? Shout out to Leon Massey. He won our award for content creator of the year. Give that man a give that man access to Strive right now. That man deserves it. We'll, we'll talk about that. All right, we got a bunch of news here broken, so I'll try to run through these somewhat quickly because our topic of the week, I find, is going to be very time-consuming. So here comes Joe. Continuing with their weekly character announcement trailers, SNK revealed on February 10th, 2021, Legacy Muay Thai specialist Joe Higashi in the latest trailer for The King of Fighters 15. The trailer comes off the heels of the Yori reveal trailer last week and came as a bit of a surprise, as Team Yagami usually consists of Yori, Vice, and Mature. The game now has nine characters confirmed, those being Kyo, Leona, Mai, Shunei, Meitenkun, Joe, Yori, Kei, and Benimaru. Now here's a question for you. So similar to how Benimaru defied expectations with being a member of the newly formed Team Hero instead of what was looking to be Team China, 
Could the tagline, quote unquote, shatter all expectations be referring to the shakeup of the teams? You know, they did say the teams were getting a shakeup. Here's the deal. Iori is like an anti-hero. Like he's a good guy if the good guy was doing bad things to everybody, but still somehow found a way to do the good, the right thing at the last second. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe... Maybe Yori and Joe, like that's not compatible at all. At all, you're right. It's not. Unless they're not doing teams, right? But well, no, because they're doing team hero. Yeah, that was the weird part. But I'm saying, are they doing? Are they still doing teams, or was this just a one-off trailer? Were they not ready with Vice or Mature? Like, it's interesting. The fact that I don't know, I like the fact that I don't know. But if Joe. If Joe and Iori are on the same team, that is going to be the most amazing confusion everyone will have. All of all of Latin America and all of China will be confused as to what just happened to their favorite fighting game series. Yeah, that's... I tell you what, though, it is exciting now because let's say, I don't know, if Ralph all of a sudden it makes up team whatever they're called now, now I don't know who's going to be on what team. Now I'm just like, whoa, this is interesting. Yeah, because Ralph... You got Ralph, um, Leona, and Clark. what's his name? Clark. They're usually team like what Metal Slug or something Army. They're uh, Akari Warriors. Akari yeah. Warriors. Yeah. But if all of a sudden you got Clark, Benny Maru, or not Clark, Clark, Iori, and Joe just teaming up, being goofballs, you're being like, what? What's going on with this team? Who is this team? What's going on? Yeah, that, now you, you don't know who's on what team anymore. That's kind of cool. Although to be fair, they do they do mix up the teams every now and then. I mean, Team Girl keeps having like what three new rotating women in the team all the time. Mm, you talking about like women's fighter? Yeah, women's fighter. They they have like a a random uh, cast that they go around. Like sometimes it's mm, not really. Normally it's Mayan King, and then they'll throw in somebody else but normally it's my king who's the girl that's trying to be terry but isn't alice <laughs> alice could have swore she was on in 14 is she in that one yeah i think so she was in in team girl on on that one hmm yeah i'm not sure anyways the the, the point of we're trying to say is that it's they're probably going to do something crazy like they did when team what was it treasure hunter happened where they had what was it Kyo and Iori on the same team with mm-hmm. what's her name? And everyone's like, what the hell are those two doing together on a team? It is weird. Cause I know normally like women's fighters is it'll be King and Mai for sure. And then I think sometimes Yuri is in there. But if you're saying Alice was in 14, I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up with the teams, but yeah, they do sometimes shake it up. But like for example, I'm so used to Team Fatal Fury being, you know, Andy, Terry, and and Joe, and um, Team Yagami being Vice Mature and Iori. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how they shake it up. Now, does that shatter all expectations, or is that being like, oh, that's kind of cool? <laughs> I don't know if it shatters them. I mean, I, it doesn't shatter all expectations because most of the FGC doesn't play KOF. Oh. So they're just like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then the other half of the uh, the FGC is like, what's going on? The real thing to shatter all expectations is at the end of all these character reveals, they say, oh, yeah, we also have rollback. And then they drop the mic. And crossplay. Oh, yeah, and crossplay. That right there would shatter all expectations. That definitely would. I think next week we'll get a confirmation of what's going on. Because 
Now we have Jiminy or Jim. <laughs> now we have Joe and Iori. If we get whoever, Jim, <laughs> if we get Jim, we'll, we'll know uh, we'll know which which team is what. So watch we'll K-Dash be like, I'm bored and sick and tired of Maxima and uh, what's her name? Uh, She's the ice girl. Yeah, I always forget her name. Man, look at us. True FTC players right here. Yeah, I know. I know what her name is. I listen. Characters I don't play for games that I don't play very often. It's tough. <laughs> there's so many characters out there. How am I supposed to? Kula, Kula. Yeah, name. I was gonna say they're screaming at us right now, being like, "Say Kula." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, K Dash is like, I'm sick and tired of Kula and Maxima, so I'm just gonna go and hang out with Joe and Iori because I think that that seems like a cool team. Listen, if she ain't 18, I don't know her name. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Shatter All Expectations be cool as finally 18. I think she is 18 in one of those dating sims that SMK Who knows? is doing, yeah. Who knows? Oh, well. All right, Broken, this is your neck of the woods. Guilty Gear, Strive. And, you know, if you listen to this show, Prinkle and I, we have been ragging on Arc System Works promotion for this game. But lately... They've been making me eat my words because they've done actually a really good job, right? They had the website, which was really well constructed. Then they had the system trailer was really well done. And now you got this. So leading up to the open beta, which is happening on February 18th to the 21st, Guilty Gear Strive has been releasing its starter guide and high-level gameplay videos, and the response from the community has been largely positive. The starter guides showed the move list in detail, as well as a rough game plan or overview of the character. The characters featured this week were Milia, Zato, Ramlethal, and Leo. The versus gameplay videos feature matchups such as Giovanna versus Kai, Naguriyuki versus Soul, and Axel versus Ramlethal. Now, before we even get to my little note there, how have you been digesting all of this stuff that's been happening lately on the Guilty Gear Strive front? As far as the starter guys, the the gameplay videos, how are you feeling about all this? There's a few things I kind of don't like about these videos because one of them I like that I like the fact that they're showing us gameplay. I like that the fact that they're they're not holding back. They're going in, and especially now because the beta is about to happen they're just going in with an, another series of here's how you play these characters before the game the beta comes out mm-hmm. i like that one of the things i don't kind of enjoy is the fact that they haven't said anything about how the characters from the previous beta will play now like if i remember correctly the faust had a new super but did they fix faust like did they finish faust's character did they are they going to finish put everything like, my question is, is are they going to leave the characters from the old beta just open-ended? Is May only going to have, like, five moves and Chip's going to not have teleporter? Or what is it that's going to happen? But And also, they finally showed off Giovanna, and then they just show how Giovanna gets her ass whooped by Kai. Like, <laughs> I kind of wanted to see what Giovanna did, you know? Not like, hey, I'm I'm glad to see that my character Kai can now m- let me eat more glue than I normally do when I play him. Because now he has, I I need health. Okay, l- what do I do? Oh, I just dragon install. That's a cool move. I like mm. that. But we already saw that whenever we watched the GameSpot trailer. But sure, I, okay, I, I'll I'll see it again. That's cool. And then the same thing with the same thing with the Soul versus uh, what is his name? Soul versus Nagoriyuki. I was like, okay, cool. I I got to see I get to see some Nagoriyuki gameplay. Let's see let's see how it goes. And then it's just. 
hey, you remember that heavy mob cemetery super? Yeah, we're going to show it again. Did you see any super from Nagoriyuki? I don't remember. We didn't. We didn't see anything. All we saw was him just using Roman cancel drifting and stuff like that, which is it's fine. It's showing people, hey, you can drift with Roman cancel, which is something you couldn't do before. So it's telling people, hey, probably you should use your meter in cool and inventive ways. But so I'm happy for one thing. I get to show see how the gameplay looks and all that. But I'm also kind of confused. But I guess that they're trying to not show everything because we're about to have a beta. So you can mm. just see it yourself, you know. Some of those gameplay videos, it did seem like it, was, it wasn't it was just randoms playing. Like you could tell those guys knew how to play Guilty Gear. But some of those that like you could tell, like the Giovanna versus Kai one, yeah, I would have liked to see Giovanna do a little bit more instead of just kind of playing to Kai's pace. And then the Axel versus Ramlethal one, man, Axel really bullied her. In that video. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that, too, uh, Ramlethal needs probably a re- recreation or something. Like, they need to re- rework on her. If you, if so, here's the deal all of the characters they have shown off right now that they revealed, amazing. Okay. Like, I like how they, they're reworked and/or they still retain most of their character gameplay and all that, and they're, they look fine. I don't know. Ram is kind of boring. Instead of being a set play character that has Rekka series, she's now. I'm I'm going to bully you if you're in the middle middle of the screen, but that's about it. Congratulations, you're in my side, and that's it. That's all she is. Is just I will punish you if you get to the middle of the screen. That's the character. That's not really that interesting or fun, you know. It's mad early, right? The game's not even out yet. The beta's not even out yet. Yeah, so we, we don't know. So. so We'll find out. There's going to be someone that's going to be like, hey, I found an optimi- optimized way to make Ramlethal fun, and she just destroys everybody because she's a shooting character. But we don't know. So right. we can we can all have this conversation next week. Or not, no, 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 next week. The week after that. The week after the beta, yeah. Yeah. And the, the other point that I will say about Ram specifically, and this doesn't always apply to her, it applies to other characters as well, but I think if you play Ram, nobody take offense to this if you do, but you're probably a character loyalist at this point, right? Like you're just going to play her because she's Ramlethal. And it's not like she was amazing. And I think she was pretty good early on, right? In Exert. Oh, she was busted in sign and then they kept nerfing her. But like if you way. play her in Rev 2, you're not playing her because she's godlike. You'll play a different Valentine, the girl with the pink hair. You might as well play her. Oh, so, Elfelt. <laughs> yeah. Miss I don't like S. saying her name. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll, I'll say her name. She is cursed. So if you might as well play Shotgun Girl if you're going to play a Valentine, unless you're a character loyalist. So I'm not saying that your character shouldn't be interesting, but I'm saying Ram, I see her as one of those characters. By the way, I main one of those characters, like Labrys. I don't expect Labrys in Persona to be amazing. I expect her to be kind of boring, straightforward, but why do I play her? Because I'm a character loyalist. I, I see the same way for for Ram. And certain characters like Soul, you should know what to expect with Soul. But, you know, if you want to win, you might want to play a character that is kind of grimy, right? Like, there are no real Bedman mains. They're just people who like to win. Like, <laughs> nobody really likes Bedman. <laughs> they just play GC Yoshi does. Well, yeah, outside of that guy. I did that one GC Yoshi guy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like with the yeah, certain I, I characters. Get what you're saying. There's a reason why you play them. 
Oh, shoot, we forgot to we forgot to say Majin Obama is a Bedman player. He is. Yeah, he is. Oh my god. He's like, I'm not a Guilty Gear player. I'm a Marvel character player. That's why I play Bedman. Oh man, that's that's true. Eating glue. No, shout out to Obama. He's cool. He's not really featured on the uh, on Gina's channel anymore. I don't know what he's he's suppressing. He made boy. one. He made one video, and it is that. Uh, He's excited for Strive literally only because of the one trailer for what's her name? Uh, Milia Rage. Because he was like, Oh, Oki's back in the game. You know what? You brought me back. It's Oki's in the game. And I was like, Is that all it takes to get you to bring you back is just to have Oki? Damn. Somebody get Obama to open his own channel. Juna suppressing him. <laughs> Every video from Anime Illuminati is just Juna. Yeah, it, it all starts the same. It's like, all right, guys, let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so no, I'm kidding. I'm giving June a shit. It's just funny to rag on him because you know he's a Twitter monster. <laughs> anyway, I have a note here broken, and we talked about this, I think, a couple days ago. I said, do you believe that is there such a thing as too much flashiness? Because when I watched. Guilty Gear Strive as a spectator, right? I'm just as a spectator speaking. There was a lot going on. It felt like a tag game. There was so much going on. Animations. You got character animations. You have the visual itself. It's moving all the time. And the HUD to me seems really low to the screen as how big and grandiose everything is. Like the hit counter and the actual counter counter and the the flying particle effects and you know the speed in which that they move and the frcs and everything that's happening it's like there's a lot of shit going on in the screen and to me it was a little jarring and yes it is all beautiful beautifully animated it's hand-drawn it's it's gorgeous looking i'm not taking away from that but i'm saying is there too much of a thing that is visual prowess do you think there's too much to that or am i am i crazy okay Here's a few things. I'm going to I'm going to say yes and I'm also going to say no. Let's 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 discuss cuz I I've, I've been discussing this exact topic with a lot of people on YouTube and Twitter cuz I'm a I'm a Twitter monster myself. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I've said is that yes, I get it from a viewer's perspective. All right? From someone who is watching the game, it looks like there's a shit ton of things on the Sorry, excuse my French. There's a this is Hollywood. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> All right, cool. There's a shit ton of things on the screen, okay? Like, oh wow, the combo meter looks stupid as hell because why the hell is why do I need to see 33 in the like take up half the screen, right? Or the full screen. The thing is, from a gameplay perspective, I shit you not, you'll not see half those things. And the reason why I say that is because when you're playing a game versus you're watching a game, your your mind is focused on different aspects of the game. So, for example, when you're playing a fighting game, you're focused on your position, your opponent's position, your buttons, where you are in the screen, what buttons you can press, what buttons your opponent's doing. Am I safe to block? Am I safe to hit? Like all that. Like there's so many things that you're thinking about that you don't care about what's on the screen except for where your character is and where your opponent is. So literally there could be a bomb going off in the, on the, in the, in the corner of the screen. And you probably wouldn't notice it because you're more focused on the match and the, like the, the bit by bit plays and blows of the match itself. But if you're watching it, you don't 
focus on that because you're you're just seeing the whole thing, and so you don't you're not what what's the word you're not preoccupied but by the gameplay and the your controller and all that. So you'll find out that oh, it's it's easy. Okay. Oh, that that looks weird. Why is there that? Like every time I stream, because I'm a streamer, y'all. Shout outs to me. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, as I was saying, when I'm streaming, I will be playing a game, conversating, having a good time, and then someone will be like, "Hey, did you know you just missed like a big cutscene?" And I'll be like, "What? What cutscene?" And then all of a sudden, I have to go back, look at the cutscene, and be like, "Oh, that happened." Or Oh, did you did you realize that you missed this objective here or that? Again, when you're playing a game, you're not going to see everything. But when you're watching it, you're not as focused on certain things. So you you have the ability to see everything. So what I'm saying is, yeah, there's a ton of things on the screen, but you're not going to see half those things because you're so focused on the game that you're not going to it's not going to come across you. Unless there's a, a huge pause where you have a time to look. Yeah, I I see that argument. And again, I'm not used to seeing Strive as much. So I, it's just because I consumed a lot of it in a short period of time. I was like, whoa, this is a little jarring. No, I'm excited to try out the beta and see it for myself, right? To try to get my hands on it and see if, uh, especially the visual prowess of it. I want to see how it looks on my screen. Because certain games, they look a little different when you're watching a video of them compared to when you're actually playing them. Killer Instinct is a great example of that. So I think Strive will probably be, a, be another. So that's something I'll have to figure out as I sink more time into the game. But speaking of beta, you brought, the, brought up this idea and you said, should people have access to certain game modes in the beta? Because, you know, normally a beta is to stress test the netcode, but here we're getting what, training mode? Yeah, we're getting tutorial, training mode, online mode, and two-player mode. So basically, if you have a best, if you have a friend and you want to play them, like offline, offline, you can do that. Okay. So you're saying you don't think you should have those extra modes just so people can concentrate on the netcode? Um. Okay. So I think train, uh, not training mode. I think tutorial mode is a must. Okay. Because you're gonna need to teach people how to play the game, like especially if it's a new game, like Strive is a new game. Okay. Yeah, I get it. It's a Guilty Gear game, but it's. For one, there's going to be a ton of people that are going to play this game that literally heard Biken and they're like, oh man, I want to play the game that Biken came from. Okay. Mm. Because that's a thing, there's going to be a lot of people that don't know what they're doing. So it's best to have tutorial mode so that they, that way they can learn how to press the buttons before they press the buttons. That's fine. No one's going to go into tutorial mode and is going to like lab out the game and not focus on the gameplay. What I'm worried about is that I've been, I go to discords all the time and I go on Twitter and this and that. There are people that are excited about this beta solely just for training mode, just so that that's all they're going to do. They're, they said, I'm not going to touch online. I'm not going to touch rollback. I'm not going to touch offline. I'm just going to be in training mode and I'm just going to train. I'm just going to lab it out and just lab it out all day. And I was like, you're missing the point of this beta if you're just going to stick in training mode. Like, okay, that's nice that you're going into training mode, you know, like, hey, that's nice, but you're missing the point. Mm -hmm. And the point is that they need your help to stress test this rollback because this is the first time they've implemented rollback. They don't know what they're doing. All they have is Zidane. Okay, Zidane's godlike because he, he did the, the rollback for Killer Instinct and Killer Instinct's rollback is godlike, but that's one dude, okay? 
Wait, Zidane? Isn't Zidane the player? Or Zynak, that's the word. Yeah. I meant Zynak. Zynak. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. Zynak. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, Zynak is the guy who's... He, he he did the Killer Instinct, you know... Yeah, he helped on, Killer, on KI. So he knows how to do rollback, but that's just one guy. Because the point of the last beta was if it was the beta that you should have been in training mode and nothing else. Because all that was was, hey, we want to see how our lobby works. And then we also want you to, to play the game so you can tell us what you think. You know, this one isn't that that beta. This one is tell us how our rollback is. Mm. And you you playing, doing whatever the hell you want to in training mode isn't telling them anything about how their rollback is. So you think so, training mode for games that are trying to stress test net code shouldn't be a thing? For betas. Yes. Yes. I think that training mode should not be a thing for stress test. Or if you're going to do training mode, turn it off on the last few days. Because you're going to have people that are doing exactly what I've said that are just going to spend all three or four days in training mode. And that's it. Yeah, I see that. I wonder how many people are going into the beta only focusing on training mode compared to trying to actually play online. But this is a 3D beta. Technically four if you pre-order the game, because you'll get it on the 17th instead of the 18th. Technically five if you're a, uh, what's going to call it, a big, big shot. Yeah. Because they get to play on the 16th. Actually, let's talk about that. So sure. you, you brought this up to my attention. I didn't even know about this before we started the show. So there's a person on YouTube called UF Orange, and they have, they have early access to the beta, and they put a combo video with G- Giovanna. And it's actually a neat little combo video, right? Like it has some cool combos. She does some cool things and it's well made. But the controversy here is you said this person had like what, 200, 300 subscribers before this video. They also was the dead channel. Mm-hmm. They didn't upload for like 10 months. The last thing that I saw on the, on the channel was a combo video for my hero, the arena fighter. And until a couple days ago, or rather yesterday, right? When they put out the Giovanna combo video. It's already mm-hmm. at like 50,000 views. And I saw a lot in the comments, right? Of uh, You have bigger YouTubers and Guilty Gear content creators who were salty. Uh, one namely was Navril, right? He does a lot of Guilty Gear content. And uh, the top comment is, has like 700 likes on that video. And it's from him. And he said, this is some quote, my uncle works in Nintendo quote type shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So mad salty, and you also mentioned that there are, there were other people salty on Twitter and other platforms. Oh yeah, everyone on Twitter that's a FGC guy or is is mad angry. They're like, "How the hell did this dead channel with two two hundred? I mean, now if you go in UF Orange, he's got a several. He's at four K, I think. Yeah, but before that, he was a known name. Yeah, like cool i mean you, you do combo videos but everyone does combo videos nowadays i mean know? especially after being off for 10 months and then just getting the beta and, and having it be your most popular video exactly it's pretty funny i will say this so you asked me before we started the show like what do you think about this the fact that this random person with no fgc cloud hasn't really done much gets early access to the beta for whatever reason right and I don't know the reason. Maybe Novril is right. Maybe he his uncle does work at Arc System Works. Maybe for whatever reason, they decided to pick him. Or maybe he got it illegally. I don't know. But let's just say this is a legal form of actually getting the beta to do this combo video. 
I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's really, really funny. And I actually like it because there's a lot of privilege in the FGC. Like, oh, I should get this because I've been working on Guilty Gear for 80,000 years. It's like, no, you shouldn't get shit because this is the FGC, right? This is, I don't think anything should be handed to you, even if you worked on it forever. There's a couple of exceptions. I think one of the exceptions is maybe Max, right? Because he's been for a long time. He has an enormous amount of fan base and subscribers and Twitch followers and everything, right? On Twitter, he's a he's a prominent figure in the FGC. Maybe he should get some things because he's been around. And obviously, if he puts stuff on his channel, it tracks very well for the FGC as a whole. But for everybody else, right? Like the mid-tier people. And listen, we're not even mid-tier. We're like Hollywood is low tier. So I'm talking like the mid-tier people. Like if you're at 70 to 100,000 subs, just because you've been around and you've been doing a lot, doesn't mean people should just hand you shit for being around. I mean, nobody told you to cover Guilty Gear for seven years. You've done it on your own volition because you really like Guilty Gear. It doesn't mean anybody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything in the FGC. People don't owe me anything to listen to this podcast. If they want to, cool. If they don't, they I mean, that's that's on them. That's why I think it's really funny. People get salty. It's like, why did they get it? But I didn't. Shut up. You'll get it on the 18th, you big baby. <laughs> exactly you know honestly i'm cool with that i i like that just why do you need the access to this like just get it when everyone else gets it because i think gina said it best which i hate to bring it to gina but he said it best he's like the best point in a fighting game is when everyone's discovering it not when one person has access to it and then everyone's like what the hell's going on no when everyone the best part of a fighting game is when everyone just got it and they're like what to do like, what do we do? What are we doing? And it's just a gleeful moment of just seeing the the whole entire community as a whole trying to figure things out, you know? Juno wouldn't say that if he's the one that got the access to the beta. You know what you do? He'd be like, all right, guys, so let's talk about it. <laughs> That's what he would do. I mean, get the fuck out of here, Juno. Like, you, you, if you want to keep it real, you can keep it real. But don't be out here saying, the best thing is for everybody to learn. No, no. You would make a video about Giovanna in a second. And he'd stream it and he'd be like, hey, editor, put this shit on YouTube. So actually, it'd be he'd probably do a video about uh, what is it? He'd be, be a video about why he's the number one Leo player in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right. He would do something like that. So let's not pretend that he wouldn't capitalize. The only reason why people are mad is because somebody got something that they want and they didn't. And it also happened, by the way, with Tekken. Remember when legendary mihawk got early access to season four and you got who was it rip and a couple of other people were like this is bullshit we've been working on forever and the fact that they get special privileges because they live in a certain country and bandai namco branch gives them that shut up for real like shut up i understand it's unfair but this is this is the world nothing's handed to you just because somebody else gets something cool doesn't mean you should it's just how shit happens. Just be happy with what you have and stop being a little just crybaby on Twitter. Like, it's, first of all, keep being a crybaby because it's hilarious to me. I love that stuff. I'm like, yes, more because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but shut up. Come in. Like, shut up. It's just so get out of here, <laughs> Juna. <laughs> Hashtag Juna versus FGC Hollywood. Yo, we'll take anime Illuminati on. Listen, we're we're punching up. We're punching up against everybody, but it's all right. We got we got a hell of a punch. <laughs>
No, it's just funny to me. Listen, and I think Novrell's cool. I think he's a cool dude. He's done a lot of work in the FGC, uh, especially with Guilty Gear. I just don't like pointing the finger and being like, why did they get something and we didn't? Because you know that if they got something and then let's say UF Orange would have been like, hey, how come you got this and I didn't? They would respond as like, well, because I've been around. I've been putting in work with this franchise. Okay, so that gives you a, a reason to to get this over me. I, I love Guilty Gear just as much. You can't quantify that. Just because I haven't been putting out content doesn't mean I don't love Guilty Gear. Maybe I play it every day. You don't know. So I don't know. Just be happy with what you got. And stop looking at other people's plates. Like just eat your own food and then wait until something's served to you. And rant. <laughs> rant finished. All right, something a little bit more positive. The second Japan fighting game publishers roundtable. So on February 12th, 2021, Capcom announced that a second roundtable involving fighting game publishers is set to go live on Capcom's Twitch channel on Sunday, February 1st, February 21st at 2 p.m. Japanese Standard Time, which is midnight Eastern Time. According to the press release, participants will include... Oh, I'm going to hate doing this. Capcom's Shuhei Matsumoto and Takayuki Nakayama, producer and director of Street Fighter V, Arc System Works Daisuke Ishiwatari, Akira Katano, general director and development director of Guilty Gear Strive, and Toshimichi Mori, producer of the Blaze Blue series, Arika's Akira Nishitani, producer of Fighting EX Layer, SNK's Yasuyuki Oda, chief producer, and Bandai Namco's Katsushiro Harada, Tekken series chief producer, and Yasu Yasuda Esports, esports producer. The developers promised to share insight on the development of fighting games. That being said, we don't know what kind of reveals will be made for the moment. So don't mind me butchering all those names. What do you think is going to come out of the second round table because to be honest with you i didn't get a lot out of the first one so first things first this is a huge incentive for arc system works to come in to reveal their final character for guilty gear okay then the base roster i said it was going to be in on the 14th because it's valentine's day and they're going to announce ariel but now it gives them a chance to literally just be like, oh, we don't have to do it on the 14th because we're trying to release a video a day to, to you know, announce our beta. So you know that this is going to just, they're going to release it there. Two, we're probably going to get some news from Maury about, you know what, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about that later when we get to the questions of the, of the week, mm -hmm. all right? And then from uh, KOF, we're probably going to get some KOF mechanics. Let's see here from Arika. He's probably going to say that he's working on adding a lobby system or something for Fexel. And for Bandai Namco, I don't know. He's going to be like, hey guys, we, we're doing super good. Oh, and also here's season four character. They did just have a patch for Tekken 7 season four that stabilize some gameplay issues did it stabilize the online nope it sure didn't cool call me whenever wake me up whenever they fix that <laughs> well i'll see you at tekken 8 yeah i don't know 
it's going to be interesting. I like them, you know, when they talk about fighting games from an insider perspective. It is cool. But I have to watch the archive after they add subtitles because I don't like the other person translating it. At, you know in real time that's not fun for me so i won't watch the live stream i'll watch it after the fact when they've added subtitles and so i can kind of take it in better you know giuna is going to be there yeah he's probably going to tell daisuke he's like hey how come i didn't get a early access to the beta he's going to say that on the stream yeah. but daisuke's not going to hear him because he's going to be in somewhere else yeah it's gonna be interesting you know i'm gonna keep a look after this we'll see what they have to say but now we got topic of the week, and this is a lot. I title this Street Fighter V Going Out With a Bang. And remind me, because I have a terrible memory, remind me to come back to that title, because there's a reason why I named it that. Okay. So on February 12, 2021, Capcom revealed a plethora of Street Fighter V Season 5 details in their winter update dream. The update kicked off with showing early footage of the returning legacy character Rose, and she was confirmed to release simultaneously with a refined version of the Street Fighter Alpha 2 stage, Marina of Fortune. Now, you mentioned to me that you really liked the return of this stage. How come? So, a lot of the stages in Street Fighter V are remix stages or brand new stages or something like crazy. We haven't gotten any old stages besides Guile's stage. Mm-hmm. What you about Sakura's kinda... uh, dojo? Sakura, Sakura's dojo is it's her backyard, and that's... That was remix too. Mm. This one is kind of just like it looks just like Marina from Alpha, and it looks really good too. Like it, they just re, they just said, "Hey, you know that stage in Alpha? Why don't we just bring it back?" And then just that's it. We don't mix, mess with it. We don't mix it up. We don't make it look different, but still say that's the Marina stage. No, it's just the Marina stage. Yeah, I liked it as well. So Rose herself is already known as Minot's master in Street Fighter V, and her story will reveal more information of that arc when she is out. The presentation then went to show the development of Rose's move list using motion capture and finally her gameplay. Did you see that motion capture segment? That was really cool. Mm-hmm. That was actually really cool. I thought that was kind of interesting. The, you know, one thing that really struck me as I was watching this whole thing and I know Pringle didn't agree with me. He thought it was too long and he thought it had fluff in it. But I actually really enjoyed the whole presentation. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so transparent of them to just show you everything and talk about things in the way, in the manner in which they were talking about it. I thought it was so cool, the fact that they were just so open and the way that they were giving out information. And I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that they know that they were a little vulnerable a couple months ago when they got hacked. So there was no reason to maintain the charade of of just being, you know, PR speak and all that. Like it, they're just out there. They're like they're open. The way they're they're putting out everything that's going on, I like it a lot. It's it almost humanizes Capcom. It's it takes away from like being a company and almost being like, hey, these are people trying to make a passion project, and this is how they're presenting it. Am I going too far here? No. Okay, that's how I felt. But maybe. People who have been desensitized to Capcom for many years. Because listen, I left the ship, right? Some people stayed on and they crashed into a giant icicle. But I'm kind of, I'm not back on the ship, but I'm looking and be like, hey, it doesn't look underwater anymore. So I think they're they're finally finally leaving Ono's legacy and they're finally trying to do mm-hmm. their own thing. Yeah. And so I think that's what it is, is that they're just like, hey, we're becoming our own thing, you know. Yeah, no, different identity. They seem to be moving in a positive direction. And I'm I'm optimistic for Street Fighter 6, especially after seeing this. So 
Rose maintains many of her legacy moves, but has also received new moves to better be equipped to the style of fighting in Street Fighter V. She's also seen using tarot card systems as a V-skill option that can make her opponent weaker, as well as her legacy move Soul Satellite. The V-skill option looked really cool. Like she could charge the V-skill for V-mitter, for rather for her V-gauge, and then throw the tarot cards. And they have different status ailments. Listen, I love tarot cards because, you know, like I, I play Persona. So I'm all about mechanics like that. But uh, she looked really cool. And then she has Soul Satellite, which was her Ultra in, or Ultra 2, I think, in Street Fighter 4. So really cool uses of V-skills. The Capcom team also showed her V-triggers which include a shadow that doubles her and her attacks, as well as a time teleport. So you're going to have some craziness with that. And then transitioning from Rose, Capcom then announced the CPT 2020 season final, which is going to be held as a two-day event on February 20th and 21st, 2021. Capcom Cup will also feature Ryu's theme remix by Steve Aoki as part of a big collaboration between the two. Now, I didn't really pay attention to this really when it actually happened until I watched the archive again. I was like, oh, I guess it was a fairly decent segment in, in the middle. It kind of felt like an ad, but how do you feel about this? He's, so he's doing a Ryu remix and he's doing merchandise and then doing some other things. It's like a really big collaboration between Steve Aoki and Street Fighter. I think that Capcom is trying their hardest to bring back the the legacy that they had with because here's the thing i hate to say this but i think ono burnt a lot of bridges and that's kind of why they were happy to to have him leave capcom Mm. because if you if you if you think about it i don't think we would have had this japanese fighting game publisher roundtable in the first place if ono was still in capcom because ono burnt a lot of bridges with um Tekken, he burned bridges with, so that's Bandai Namco. He burned bridges with uh, SNK. SNK didn't want to deal with Capcom. Yeah, I know SNK was. Wait, but aren't aren't Ono and Harada pretty good friends, though? On and off. Hmm. I don't know much about but, their relationship. So, and I don't really know I much think, about Ono, so I don't know. So I think what it was is that Ono kind of, Ono was also kind of a dick to work with, apparently. I did see that report, yeah. But yeah, I think that with Ono gone, a lot of bridges are being rebuilt. So I think what Capcom's trying to do is they're trying to be like, hey, guys, we're really, really excited to like work with people again. We're really excited to make our game series, you know, Street Fighter. We're trying to be the number one fighting game community again. We're mm-hmm. not trying to be we're trying to we get that we 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 screwed up, but it's our time to be number one again. We need to be the pillar of the fighting game community again. So I'm excited to see what Cap, the Capcom fighting game division does. I want to see what they do post Ono. Maybe, maybe, just maybe we might have the CVS3. Yeah, that's that It would be exciting. I think they're definitely on the right path, at least with this little showcase presentation. I think this was very encouraging if you're a Capcom fan. All right, so next, the Capcom team showcased the upcoming Season 5 character Dan Hibiki and his mm-hmm. new battle system, or rather his new battle costume, his V-skills, which allow him to cancel moves and specials, his V-Trigger 1, which is a large fireball required for only one bar, and his V-Trigger 2, which enhances his uppercut and fireball. So he's cool. He The fact that his V-skill allows him to cancel moves, I was like, whoa, that's that could be really interesting once people... You know, dude, Bushige is a Guilty Gear player. <laughs> you could tell. Like Bushige literally saw, literally said, hey guys, 
are we making season five because we we screwed up season four uh like street fighter six they're like yeah all right i'm gonna i'm gonna make street fighter five uh five literally just guilty gear okay let me put some cancels in here (laughs) and not just that he's like hey guys you guys hear about this awesome thing called Yellow Roman Cancel? <laughs> oh yeah, well we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So you put here uh, in the in the video for Capcom, right? So they introduced both Dan and Rose, and this whole thing. You you think that it might spark up the 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 old debate of you know DLC characters are better than base characters, so fighting games are pay to win. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that in this specific instance because this game is on its last leg right like they've even said at the end of the presentation and i believe i even have a quote there at the end where they were saying this is the last development year for street fighter 5 so with this specific instance i don't really think so but i i do know that in previous years tekken right for example when geese howard came in he came in like a wrecking ball and he really impacted the competitive scene so yeah, DLC characters, if they come out... Actually, what am I thinking? Leroy, right? Like, Leroy <laughs> ruined <Yeah>. Tekken. <laughs> so Leroy literally ruined Tekken. And um, people say that about Dragon Ball Fighters, too. They say, who you... They're, they're, they're always talking about, like, the uh, Dragon Ball Fighters characters. All of the DLC characters are busted. Mm-hmm. No one's using any of the base roster. You could, you could probably go into a Dragon Ball Fighters tournament with a base roster team and still win okay you're not going to be like stunted because you just chose the base roster it's just how do you use them you know the climb will certainly be harder than if you picked you know higher in the the tier but yeah it it should be possible and in most games you should be able to pick a lower tier character in this in this instance a team right with dragon ball fighters and still be able to compete but sometimes man the the gap is just too big and i think right now a game that's experiencing it it is tekken tekken 7 i think the gap between the top characters most of them to be honest are dlc characters and then the lower tier characters which are base roster characters is a little too wide in order for one to cross to be on the same playing field so and also oh hey let's nerf eliza again yeah or you know lily which really hurts (laughs) yeah i think it's a debate that happens every now and again but i don't think anybody takes it too seriously unless it's it's completely broken like you saw with leroy like that's a problem that's a significant significant problem to the competitive play so but with Rose and Dan, I didn't really see that. Like I saw, like Rose is cool, right? She can use an air fireball. She has teleport. She's got some status ailment stuff. Dan can cancel moves. He has his taunts, which now builds V gauge for both players. And you just find, I find him to be a unique character. Same thing with Rose. So I like the fact that they're going in the route of unique versus just really, really good. Well, so I was going to say the reason why I thought with the Rose was because of her second V-Trigger, which is the one that everyone's going to use. Like V-Trigger 1, hey, that's nice that she has her super as a V-Trigger. But V-Trigger 2, everyone's going to be using V-Trigger 2 because it's it's soul illusion, okay? Mm. Yeah, we'll see how she impacts competitive play. Also, it's the, the final year of street fighter five so i think honestly here's the deal when a game is on its last legs 
fuck it. Yeah, that's how I think too. <laughs> okay, so before closing out the presentation, Capcom debuted the new battle system dubbed V-Shift, a defensive mechanic using V-Gauge that can be used at any point, unlike the V-Reversal, which can only be used while blocking. The V-Shift works as a pause mechanic, which is invincible to throws and can evade attacks and projectiles. The player using V-Shift can either slow down the interaction to counter the offensive player or use the break option, which will blow back the opponent after using V-Shift. So this is, V-Shift is similar to like Chain Shift in Undernight, but it's different in the fact that you're spending, you don't gain meter, right? Because chain shift and, and undernight, you lose grid, or rather you lose Vorpal and you gain meter, but you get to stop time, literally, see what the other person's doing and then counteract that. But this is great because of the fact that it doesn't necessarily have to be on block and it has uh, invincibility on certain moves. So you can't get thrown. So the meme, take my throw, no longer a thing with V-Shift. And the blowback, the brake system is really good because if you're getting pressured, you can V-Shift and brake. So if Karen's trying to pressure you with standing medium kicks or recos or whatever, get off me without having to be extremely risky with an uppercut. And the other part is that if you don't want to brake, you can just pause the action, see if Rashid is doing twirly twirly or whatever, and then uppercut his ass. I think that's, that's awesome, especially if... Because now it gives a bit of a, a balance to V-Trigger because V-Trigger is so offensively potent that it really disrupts the pace of Street Fighter V, at least I find. So now you have a defensive option that actually makes sense because V-Reversal sucks ass. So now you got V-Shift. Not everybody's going to be popping off V-Trigger to win the game. I mean, people have been using V-Reversal to literally just be offensive. Like I've seen, I've seen Daigo use V-Reversal just to put someone back in the corner. <laughs> also, it's basically Roman, yellow Roman cancel, okay? Like if you if you pop it off at the right time, it's a literal yellow Roman cancel. Wushige mm -hmm. at work trying to be bring Guilty Gear into Street Fighter. Yeah, pretty much. But I like it. I like it a lot defensively. I think it'll it'll make a bit of a difference because now you'll you'll know exactly who prioritizes the the mid match scenarios of you know being mid screen, having some pressure, maybe being low on meter versus who's just really waiting to pop off with V trigger and steal the game. So I think it'll be cool. Also, this could counteract V-Trigger and the fact that somebody's really trying to push the pace with V-Trigger and now you got V-Shift there makes people a little bit more wary or hesitant to not go completely brain off and ham because you got to respect my V-Shift. I, I can stop time, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey -o. I'm sorry, Urian, but that five-year uh, five combo that you've been training on is no longer viable anymore. Mm -hmm. It's cool. I like it's, it. disrupts the nature of play. I like stuff like that. Okay, where are we at? Oh, yeah. So there's, there's going to be also a balance update for many characters. And by the look of it, yes. it looks like they kind of looked at the lower tier characters. I saw Alex, Jury, Ryu, among others. And they, they said in the video that they're focusing on enhancing the strengths of the characters that had some weaknesses. So... We'll see how this whole balance update, but from what I saw, the characters that they picked were characters that aren't the, the top tier characters. But I'm assuming they also got some updates and, and balance changes, but the ones that they focused on seemed to be the less popular ones. So that was good to see. You know, if they didn't nerf Nash to the fucking ground in <laughs> season one, they wouldn't have to buff him. True. Just saying. Well, he won Evo. 
Okay, and? Don't you know? Every time a character wins, you have to nerf them. That's the way fighting game balance changes work. That's not how. That's not the case for Akuma because Akuma, no matter how many times you nerf him, will still remain top player. Well, they don't want to make Tokido mad. <laughs> oh no, Tokido's mad. What are we gonna do? Also, isn't it crazy how they nerfed Akuma in Tekken and he still won Tekken World Tour again? Akuma will literally win in any game he's in. Oh, you were also gonna talk about uh, we're bringing back the uh, title of going out with a bang. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I guess we'll, we'll touch on it at the end after I read this quote. So the balance update, training stage, along with Dan, all of that is going to release February 22nd, 2021. So Street Fighter V, Season 5 pass, or rather Season 5 character pass, which includes five characters, five battle costumes, six titles, which, by the way, Dan's battle costume has the Mr. Karate mask on it, you know, the... Mm-hmm. What do they call that mask? I forgot what the mask is. Tengu. Yeah, Tengu. Yeah. It's so cool. Like his battle costume is so is, is really good looking. So the character pass has five characters, five battle costumes, six titles, and all that's going to be available for $24.99. The premium pass will include 26 costumes, two stages, all five character colors, eight titles, five profile themes, and 100k fight monies. And that's all available for $39.99. Now, both the character pass and the premium pass will feature character colors, the basic ones, and PS4 PC themes, as well as the Mimic character 11. So basically, you're getting a Mokujin-type character in Street Fighter V. So we got a little bit of a teaser for 11. He's not the final DLC character, as many people thought. But rather, he's a, like a standalone character. He's just like a, a random character that will... They didn't show, but like he'll play like any other character on the roster. I don't know if you get to choose your V-trigger or your V-skill. I think it might all be random. So he'll play differently. So the way 11 works is that if you pick 11, it is literally just a glorified random button. Okay. But instead of, instead of just hitting random and then choosing your V-trigger... It's you hit random and then that's it. Okay. You don't know what your V skill is. You don't know what your V trigger is. It's just, here you go, random. Yeah. I think 11 tournaments would be really cool though. Yeah, because you'll get to see who actually knows how to play the game versus who knows how to play a character. Mm -hmm. Okay, to close out the show, Street Fighter V producer Shuhei Matsumoto said this, quote, since season five is going to be our final season, the development team is more fired up than ever before. We're putting our best effort to deliver a level of quality that will meet our professional standards and to deliver an experience with the hopes that you will all enjoy the new content. So we would like to ask you to wait just a little bit longer. End quote. Okay, so this is the reason why I brought up the title. They're going out with a bang. That quote just there, I be, I'll be honest, I believe him. I, after seeing this presentation, them saying they want to put their best foot forward, I'm buying it. I think they really have done an excellent job so far, what I've seen with season five, I think they put a lot of effort into it. I think the quality is, is very high. Even the pricing, I don't have a problem with, right? Like a lot of people are mad about the $40, but that's $40. That's for premium for costumes and stuff. That's not for regular. If you just want the characters and the costume, the regular costume, it's $25 for what? Five characters? That's $5 mm -hmm. a character. That's pretty standard. And... I think they've really hit it out of the park with season five. I, I'm 
one of those people who I said Street Fighter V came out awful, right? Like it, it was so bad of a game, of a product, that it wasn't even a comprehensive game, I didn't feel like, let alone a good fighting game. But slowly but surely, you had the rebound with 2018 Arcade Edition, and then 2019 came, and it stabilized a little bit more. You know, they had a little bit of the debacle with, you know, the modders fixing netcode, them taking a way back netcode. And now you have Champion Edition is a little crazy. Now you got this. It's gone through a lot of ups and downs, but it's certainly ending on an up. Unfortunately for it, the netcode is still atrocious. It's, it's really bad still. So that sucks. But everything else has really shaped up and polished itself very nicely. So I have to commend them for that. I still won't play the game because of how bad the netcode is. <laughs> I have to say they've really won me over with everything else of just sticking with the game and doing it right. And the, the messaging has been really transparent. And yeah, that's all I have to say. I think, uh, I think they've done a really good job of closing out the chapter of Street Fighter V. And hopefully people are more excited about the the next chapter that is street fighter 6 i'm certainly excited for street fighter 6 because the way that they're the way that they're ending street fighter 5 gives me hope that street fighter 6 is going to do well because it looks like they really care about the game like Mm -hmm. i think that they're gonna for one they're gonna fix the rollback in street fighter 6 they're gonna be like all right what because for one street fighter 5 was very hush hush when it first came out because ono was doing the ono things right and he wouldn't listen to anybody but now ono's gone and we have all these presentations we have all this discussions about how the characters play and all that i'm excited Mm -hmm. i think i think i'm actually excited for fighting games in general because i've been noticing a trend that we're finally getting to talk to the developers and we're getting to see what the developers are doing it's not just here's our fighting game go play it and then we say man this sucks and then you're like well guess we gotta wait until the next game no it's they're they're listening to fan feedback they're they're changing things they're discussing things they're letting us know why they don't want to change something why they want to stick to this Mm. there's a lot of discussion going on in the fighting game community and I'm, i'm i'm finally feeling like the fighting game community is trying to stop being poverty and start being more community, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do think the relationship has been amended some after there was a bit of friction between consumer and creator, especially online. And 2020 didn't help with that, right? Just the the way we communicate is really bad, like over Twitter and stuff. But And, you know, developers had a hard time as well. But I think 2021 is really showing that it's it's on a it's it's approaching things much better than the way it did in middle of 2020 rather than you know just being secretive and you know but you mentioned this even before is the fact that you know I don't know what kind of person Ono was to work for I don't know what circumstances they had or what they could talk about what they had to keep under under wraps but it seems that first of all they got younger they have younger talent at Capcom now over in in higher positions. And you could really feel that with almost the culture that they're presenting. So it it's nice to see that they're they're moving forward. And that's good. You, you don't say that a lot about Japanese based companies because a lot of them are so traditional, they're stuck in their own ways and they refuse to leave their box. 
Capcom seems to be doing that, and that's very encouraging because now it's almost after they're catching up to everything else that they're doing right. Monster Hunter, Resident Evil, all those things are doing excellent. It's time for Street Fighter to pull its weight. Yeah, the fighting... Look, the RE and Devil May Cry crew, they're killing it. Resident Evil, killing it. Devil May Cry, killing it. The Monster Hunter crew, again, killing it. And the fighting game community, the fighting game development crew... What is it? We've been having, we've been batting, what, failure after failure four times in a row? Street Fighter 4 was a, was a kind of a, a failure. Didn't make enough money until the end. Uh, was it Street Fighter Cross Tekken? That was a financial hell hole. Yeah, that was bad. 4 did okay, but then again, 4 did release like 80,000 times. Yes, and then Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? Ooh. Yeah, that was bad too. And then Street Fighter V, again, so that's, that's four stinkers in a row. That's just back to back to back to back. Now, Ono's gone, and they've got fresh blood in. Maybe Street Fighter VI is going to be a game that we're all going to pop off to and be like, man, this is a good game. Yeah, no, the FGC should be encouraged because this is good news. But you know, now it's going to be like the Mega Man fans are going to be like, what about us? Where's the blue bomber? <laughs> look, man, look, man, someone loves your character in Capcom, okay? If you think that they don't, they do. Mm. Just give them like another three years. Maybe you'll get a Mega Man game. Maybe. Listen, we had to suffer over here in the fighting game division. It's time for you to suffer. (laughs) Look, man. Take turns. Let's all, let's all, let's all, let's fix companies. Let's fix divisions one by one, okay? If we can fix the fighting game division, then we'll work on, on, you know, Mega Man division, okay? Yeah. All right, we got one last question for the topic of the week. It comes by way of little Joe Potfox on YouTube, and he asks, what is your guy's opinion on mimic characters like Eleven? Um, Well, Eleven isn't a mimic character. He's literally just a random select, glorified random select. But I think Does he change every round, or does he stay the same? Oh, he changes every round. Oh, wait, no, I don't think he changes every round. He just, so basically he changes on character select. Oh, so he's not Mokujin then, because Mokujin changes every round. Yeah, but um, I think that random select characters are sick. Like, uh, well, not random select characters. I think characters that mimic, uh, mimic characters are sick. You got what's her name from Dead or Alive? Big titty lady. I don't. Uh, I don't play. They, don't they all have big titties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, someone's gonna. <laughs> No, hold on. Let me look up real, real quick. You ain't what gonna find it. They all, they're all packing. <laughs> okay, Mary Rose is flat chested, but you know. Yeah, but isn't she like eight years old? That doesn't count. Oh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. There you go. Right. Hanukkah is a cool character because she literally changes her fighting uh, style based on literally everybody in the roster. So, like one minute she's Brad Wong, the next she's Hitomi, the next she's Tina. I think that's kind of cool. I like Double. Double's a really interesting character because Double just does everything from all the characters that are good. Mm-hmm. You said Mokujin's cool. Like every, I think that they're cool characters because it's when done right. Let me say that when done right, I think um, characters that uh, that bring the best of every character in the roster as a character is a cool cool idea. Right. You know that would be so tight if he changes every round though. You know what? If he does, that would be amazing. The one thing with Eleven that would be different is the fact that he literally takes the shape of the character he's mimicking versus 
Mokujin, he stays as Mokujin, but you would have to tell by the stance in which the character is standing to know which character he is. So sometimes you don't even know what character it is if you don't recognize the stance right away. It's really cool. Like, Mokujin is such an interesting archetype for a character. So yeah, Little Joe Pafox, I love Mimic characters. I think, I mean, you don't want like 11 Mimic characters that do different things, right? But one well-made one is uh, is great. I think it's a really fun addition for fighting games. All right, let's go to the non-fighting game topic of the week, which is... Just a note. Pringle made fun of me because I was playing Street Fighter Five in the Discord and... He was saying that I'd rather play Street Fighter V than South Park. Remember, because I bought South Park. We we're talking about oh, yeah. JRPGs or whatever. And I was saying, and I have a, I'll direct this question to you. So I haven't been in the mood for another JRPG since I beat Omori, because I've been satisfied enough where I was like, I'm gonna let's I'm gonna savor this for a little bit. I, I really enjoyed my experience with Omori. Let me shill this game a little bit. And then when I'm done shelling it and I'm ready to move on, I'll probably play South Park. Have you ever been, you know, you played a specific genre? doesn't have to be a JRPG. It could be like a really good adventure game or a shooter or whatever. You beat it, and you don't want to go into the same genre r- right away. Like if it's not fatigue, but it's you're you're just kind of savoring the the previous experience before jumping to the next. Kinda, because like there are moments where I want to play. Um, what is it, Grand Theft Auto? Because I just want to play a game where I just because Grand Theft Auto those games are what is it, open world open world and so sometimes i just want to play an open world game mm-hmm. and the other times i'm just like i i just i don't want to play an open world game i just want to you know i'm fine with open world games like i haven't played assassin creed or grand theft auto or any of those games in a hot minute okay like i'm good okay we got relevant game sales so there are hella sales on steam because it's a lunar sale there's also a bunch of fanatical stuff I saw some Green Man gaming stuff, but unfortunately, because of the fact that this podcast is going to be a little bit different, it's going to have some video in it, and I'm a really slow editor myself because it takes me hours upon hours to edit this thing. Uh, There's no point in reading any of this stuff because I won't be able to edit it in time, so the sale ends Monday. Did you pick up anything, by the way? No. No. Okay, so the fighting game sale, I already have all those fighting games that I want from Uh, the fighting game sale. Even... What's that one? The Blade Arcus? The Ain- yeah, I have Blade Arcus. Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> I don't have... Uh, what's that game about called? The Angel Fighting? Yeah, I have Kohime. Yeah, Kohime, goddamn. Yeah, I have Kohime. Uh, I don't have... Um, I don't have six stars because I'm waiting for... What is it? Arcana Hearts 3, the final remix with Shark Girl. Oh, well, six stars is never on sale, but the regular Arcana Heart is on sale sometimes. I also have the original Arcana Heart 3, mm-hmm. and no one plays that nope. because they're playing six stars. So no reason for me to buy it on the sale. So I, got, I bought Fexel and I bought Nitro Blasters. So I don't have Nitro Blaster on PC, but I do have it on PS4. Okay. And so I don't need it on PC because no one's playing it on yeah. PC. I do have uh, Fexel, so if you need to see what like what midwest to midwest is then we could do that yeah we'll see how that holds up all right now we can close out the show with listener questions of course we have zeo on patreon usually he's the first one to ask anything this is i don't know if this is a question but i think it's more of a rant but he said uh 
KOF keeps doing weekly trailers, Strive releases match footage, character guides and announces the beta, Street Fighter V finally reveals their winner update, Dan and new mechanics, while also showing Rose, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus will announce a new character at the Grand Blue event, Skullgirls releases Annie, they haven't released Annie yet, they announced her, uh, announces another character, recently we have had so much fighting game content after such a long ass drought, which begs the question, bitch, where is Shanty? <laughs> Shanty, you mean the pirate Sh goat? Oh, the pirate goat! Damn, no shanty yet. No shanty yet. I thought they were talking about Shantae, the uh, the genie half genie hero. No, and I was like, he's talking about TFH. Fighting <laughs> hurts. Okay, sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah, soon TM. I guess Shit. we're getting soon a new stage TM. too. Hidden waterfall. Really cool looking stage for TFH. Actually, you know, that's just I just realized that speaking of Shanty and TFH, we were supposed to respond to a specific commenter that left a bunch of uh, stuff. I don't know if you saw that, that I posted in the FGC Hollywood tab and Discord. Mm -hmm. we we're supposed to respond to that, but I forgot to put it in. So I'll have to remind myself next week to do that unless we forget again. Um, by the way, to answer your question, when Shanty... I got an answer for you. Mm -hmm. Q1 of 2021. There you go. Quarter one of 2021. Announcing the release window of our 2.0 update. Qu uh, quarter quarter one of 2021. Hell yeah. Yo, buff Arizona. She needs it. <laughs> yeah, we need to have a character that already won Frosty Faustings to win again. Dude, she's so good. She's so good. <laughs> Didn't you tell me on my stream... We're carried by Arizona. Yeah. So you had people on your in your chat, right, saying, talking about Arizona, whatever. And I was like, listen, nobody's really good playing Arizona. Y'all getting carried. I'm getting carried. The character is really good. Lasso is low-key broken. And she is she's not too good, but man, she's oppressive and she's hard to fight against. So I feel bad for anybody else that plays against Arizona, even if you know what she's doing, she's just hard to deal with. But yeah, she's uh, she's really fun. And that's why I play her, not because she's top tier. The top tier part is just a bonus. <laughs> there you go. All right, so Grey Wing on Discord asks, Fantasy Strike and Footsies eliminates any as many mechanics to focus on the fundamentals of traditional Footsie-based games like Street Fighter. For example, Fantasy Strike has no motion inputs or even crouching, so lesser skilled players can focus more on Footsies, blocking cross-ups, and taking throws. However, the gameplay of anime and tag fighters tends to flow much differently. If you were to make a fantasy strike or footsie style game for anime or tag fighters, which mechanic would you focus on? What mechanics would you eliminate entirely? Why? Do you think there's room in the FGC for such a game? I've been tossing ideas around in my head for such a game, so I'm, so I'm curious to hear what some more seasoned FGC members think. Do you think there's a game like that that already exists? He says, do you think there is a room, there, there is room in the FGC for such a game? Do you think something like that exists already? Have you heard of BB Tag? Have you heard of Battle for the Grid? Those are your tag games that are remove a lot of mechanics. Do you think they're footsie so, based though? They're not footsie based, are they? No, they're not footsie based. They're basically just, you're not blocking this 50-50 mix up. Mm -hmm. But they're, but so even though they're, you're not blocking this 50-50 hit uh, mix, mix up, and unblockable setup it's still with with uh with bb tag it's you have auto combo the game mm -hmm. and with uh um, and overhead. also 
universal overhead and also you lose all of the that character's uniqueness yep. like all of it is removed and with battle for the grid there it's just like fantasy strike there is no inputs it's just you wanted to play a tag game but with smash um smash like inputs there you go but it's you're still not you're still not blocking the 50 50 unblockable mix up it's just it's easier to pick up mm. i think it's fine i mean if here's the thing I think if you're making a brand new game, fighting game that doesn't have any legacy, I think it's okay to remove fundamentals or remove inputs or, you know, just make your game have a unique thing. I think that's fine. You don't need those things, but if you're pure established uh, game, I don't think that's a good idea because people are going to bitch about it. People bitch about it all the time. People are still bitching about it. So I think. It only works if it's a game that has not been released yet. I mean, you could do it. You could say something like Undernight because Undernight is footsie based, but it plays in a different footsie range, but it doesn't, but it has traditional controls. So what do you do? Do you take out the traditional controls and you take out motions for a jump button like Fantasy Strike? That would... See, I think games like that, is there room for them? Sure. Fantasy Strike is a thing, but like... I don't know if I would want that in more games because it hollows out the experience for me. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like every now and then. I think Fantasy Strike is doing okay, but I'm not going to be playing Fantasy Strike every day of the week. No, no. I like Time Stop Guy. He's fun. Geiger. Geiger. AKA Fake Guile. What the hell is that super, dude? That super sucks. (laughs) It's reposition, the super. God, that super sucks. But no, it's. Fantasy Strike is fun for when I just kind of don't want to think. Like, if I'm playing Undernight, I need to think. I know I'm an Akatsuki player. Oh, you don't think. You still need to think because you got to get in. But with Fantasy Strike, I just like having a jump button because then I don't have to worry about blocking lows. I can just, just press buttons. You know, it's fun. But do I want that for every time i play fighting games no like plus complexity makes you come back to the game because now you're learning more about the game yeah you need some depth right you gotta dig because if you if you already reached the treasure at the bottom there's no point of digging anymore like you already found it people are still playing guilty gear exard and still finding out new tech still playing plus r yeah people are still playing plus r and finding new tech and plus r Mm -hmm. like come on man it's fine to be complex it's fine to be complex, but it's also fine to have games like Footsies and Fantasy Strike. Like we said about casual market and hardcore market, there's plenty of room for both. I just don't think you should sway the the, the scale, yeah, anymore. like in one point or another, right? There should be somewhat even, not even, but I think there's room for both. That's what I'm saying. Kind of why I'm interested in Strive because they're bringing the complexity from Exar down, but they're still keeping the complexity of guilty gear in the game so it's so you're you're making it easier for casuals to get in but you're not making it too difficult for but you're also not making making it too easy for competitive players to like not touch it uh yep all right do you want number three because i can't say that name (laughs) kakun on discord asks do you guys let the cosmetics of a character influence whether or not you'll play them? I know Pringle has said it's all functions a few times, but for me, the look or style of a character can sway me. G from Street Fighter V or Hakuman from Blaze Blue being some designs I fell in love with and main reasons I play those characters. It depends on the game. 
depends on the game. Like, like in Blaze Blue, I hate playing Jin because I hate Jin as a character, even though he's the closest to Kai in mm-hmm. from Guilty Gear for Blaze Blue. But yeah, so I hate him. I'll play. What's it? I'm now playing. What's his name? Uh, Kagura Mutsuki. So there's an example of me saying that cosmetic wise or character sway wise, but like other times I'll play, I'll play a, 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 a what is it? A, a function character. Like I'll play, uh, what's his name? Ryu or Ken or any character that's like Ryu or Ken, a, a Shoto character in a fighting game that I don't know. Like if I play KOF, Kula is a very Shoto character, so I'll play Sh- uh, Kula. Athena is very Shoto, so I'll play Athena. So if I'm not really, if I don't know what I'm doing in a fighting game, I'll go me- mechanics. But if I know how the game plays and all that, I might go and sway myself towards character. I'm the opposite, but I'm really shallow. I think visuals are huge in picking a character because that's the that's the entry. Right. And then you, for example, I always bring this up when I tried blaze blue for the first time, I was like, Hazama to me, looks the coolest. I want to play Hazama. But then I went into training mode with Hazama and I was like, his gameplay outweighs how cool he looks in the negative side. Cause I really don't like his gameplay, despite the way that I really like the way he looks. So then I went, okay, who's the second most cool looking. So I was like, well, Tsubaki is really cool. So let me try her. And she was like interesting to play, but again, not exactly my style. So then I went again, okay, who can I like it's kind of like you need the perf- the perfect uh, porridge, right? You're trying to find the best porridge out of whatever the selections are. Eventually I landed on what's his face? Fake Ragna. You mean uh Naoto? Naoto? Yeah. yeah. Mr. Microdash, the character? Yeah, Microdash, Rekka, he looks cool enough. He's not my first option, right? But he looks cool enough for me where I would play him. And the gameplay is, you know, function-wise, it's kind of what I want. So that's why I play him. But for the most part, it's that's my, my entry point, how cool a character looks. It's why I pick most characters, unless I'm already familiar. One thing I will tell you I won't play despite of how, how cool they look. I won't play the weird characters, like the monster characters. Merkava, or who's the blob in Blaze Blue? I forgot his name already. Arakune. Arakune. Yeah. Fuck Arakune. Yeah. That guy's a nightmare. I won't play the weird looking characters. Like, that's not my style. Even if they have like Shoto gameplay. Like, I'm not, I'm good. I won't play lollies. Not my thing. Sorry. Even if they're really cool. Or strong. Or strong. Like, uh, what's her name? Mika in Undernight, right? She actually has pretty interesting gameplay. But I'm not playing Mika. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not playing her. I mean, I don't consider Mika a lolly when there is freaking what's her name? Uh shoot. Batista. Fuck Batista. Oh, Batista. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think of Batista as the lolly character. Well, yeah, she's like a robot. But yeah, she is a lolly. And yeah, I wouldn't play her either. She has an uppercut. She doesn't get counter hit. She's broken. She's cheap. Who thought that was a cool idea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh number four. That Juan2 on Discord asks, what are some of your favorite fighting game, non-fighting game mechanics that you would enjoy or would like to see implemented? And why is it pause mechanics? <laughs> I don't like pause mechanics. You don't like pause mechanics? I think, 
I think they're cool, but I hate pause mechanics. You play Guilty Gear, though. Okay, yeah, but there's a difference between a Roman cancel and a fucking stop the game cancel. What, okay, what's the difference? Do tell me, sir. So I like slowdown mechanics, but the difference, because slowdown mechanics are kind of hype, but like... I think that's what he complete means. Complete pause? There's no actual Com- pause mechanics in fighting games, are there? Uh, have you seen Axel Low? Oh, well... Have you seen Blaze Blue uh, Central Fiction? There's characters in both those games. So Axel Low literally stops time. I guess a chain shift is also a pause. It's not really a slowdown. Yeah, like basically... Because with slowdowns, you still have t- uh, you still have control of your character. But like pause, there's that's nothing. There, you can't do anything. Mm. You, you're just sitting there. Reuse V trigger. Yeah, like well, okay. So here's the thing. I hate stop time or pause mechanics when it's longer than at least a second. Okay, let me reiterate. Because I like V trigger. I mean, I like uh, chain shift and all that. Because it's only like a second. It's not like. It's not like uh, what's her name. Isayoi's super in Central Fiction, and it's not like Axel Lowe's new super one one whatever the hell it's called. Uh, I hate that. I literally hate that. Like it's a cool mechanic, lore wise, because he's a time traveler. So why not have a time traveler have you know stop time? Mm-hmm. But in a gameplay perspective, as soon as he does that move, you're gonna look real stupid for a long period of time until he does something to you. You're going to look stupid. Like, ah, damn, I shouldn't have thrown that attack. I like pause mechanics if they're implemented well. I think I'm with Pringle on this one. I think the way Exerd uses Roman cancels is, is busted. 25 meter is too easy to achieve to be able to get such an advantageous mechanic to implement on offense or defense. You didn't really work for 25 meter. That's why I really like the way Undernight applies it is because it's not a comeback mechanic. Undernight, you're fighting for Vorpal. The grid is right there. So you're literally fighting the other person to get this mechanic. So it's fair. With Street Fighter V, for example, if you take Ryu and he pops V-Trigger, you know, the reason why he got V-Trigger is because he got his ass kicked. So that's why he gets that pause mechanic. So that's a comeback mechanic. But at least he lost something in order to be able to achieve that. Guilty Gear, you just get free meter. So I didn't like that in Exert. If it's implemented really well, I love them. Because that means you earned the right somehow to be able to use this. And now you can utilize it to the best of its utility. But if you just get it, then no, it's it's stupid. I like comeback mechanics. I think comeback mechanics are great because it makes it keeps the game on your toes. And also, comeback mechanics aren't one-sided. They're universal. Mm. Everyone has access to comeback mechanics. I didn't you see that that whole entire Twitter post about people complaining about comeback mechanics? They failed to realize everyone has a comeback mechanic. Yeah. You're just as you're just as likely to use it to have access to it as the guy who's losing. So it makes the for me, I like comeback mechanics because it gives somebody who's not doing really well a chance to come back and kind of like not make the game super a wash, you know. Mm-hmm. But it also makes like in high level competitive play, it makes both sides not just shut. It makes the winner not shut his brain off, you know. Yeah. It changes the meta for sure. Tekken had to 
or rather Tekken competitors really had to adjust to that when they introduced Rage Art because now you can't disrespect people on their wake up as much because of the fact that Rage Art could kill you and has armor. So if you hit a button and the guy does Rage Art, you could be dead. Exactly. All right. Uh, Sergeant Spancakes on Discord asks, what are your honest opinions about Tekken 7 character customization? Does it take away from the online matchmaking experience? Asking because I saw a video of King in a reindeer hat, championship belt, and holding some indistinguishable item, and it really irked me. It's annoying. It's mostly annoying. So here, here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I like character customization because it makes your that it makes that character unique to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is my king or this is my Elise, Eliza or something. But the items is what I don't like because, yeah, it takes forever to use the item, but you're giving access to character uh, moves to characters that they didn't need. Like for example, King doesn't need a projectile, but if your opponent is trying to like attack you from far away and you have a, a magnum as an item in your character, <laughs> you could pull out that magnum at any time and be like, fuck you. You want to, you want to, you want to zone me out? I'll zone you. Mm. Bam. That That's not King's gameplay, yeah. but now it is. So I think character customization is fine. As long as it doesn't change the character itself. I will say this, so the items, so, okay, two things. One, I don't think you should have customization options in competitive play. So if there's money on the line, if it's, you know, a world tour, if it's some sort of competition of high stakes, I don't think you should just play the default and whatever the alternates are. I think that's how it should be. Now, if it's online and you're just playing casually, then it's the Wild West. Anything goes. So if you want to do jet upper and to shotgun... That's fine. If I, you know, it is what it is. But it is annoying because I've played Tekken for a long time, and especially let's talk about Seven. Jack Seven in Tekken has a costume where he can put himself looking like all tires. So even his arms are tires, these giant tires. With Tekken, the reason why that changes a little bit of the gameplay is because you have to look at the character's hands sometimes in order to understand which throw they're gonna, or which throw break it is. So if Jack seven is all tires and I can't distinguish the hand, so I don't know if it's a one plus two throw, I don't know if it's a two throw, then that does change it a little bit. That's why I don't think it should be in a competitive play. If it's online, low stakes, you know, I'm not putting my quarter in the arcade machine. It's all free. So it's whatever. The worst thing that can happen is I take an L because I didn't, I couldn't see the hands, but it, it's mostly annoying. And the items, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If you're playing against somebody who uses items, I don't know. It is what it is. They're obviously not taking it too seriously. And maybe shouldn't you shouldn't either. Sometimes it's fun because it's also... It could have like a bit of a trolling aspect to it. And a little bit of gamesmanship. So there's flowers. Like in Tech Attack 2, you could plant flowers. <laughs> so... In, that at, one doesn't really change the gameplay. No, so I like think that one's fine. at the end of the round, you know, let's say you beat somebody. You start planting flowers. I mean, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's just really funny. That's true. That's true. That's I've had flowers funny. planted on my my dead body a lot, so it's uh, it is annoying. But if it's low stake situation like online, I don't mind it. It's fine. So Lumiere on Discord asks, "I miss special intros for old fighting games. It feels like the only ones doing this anymore are Arxis games." Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> Something as simple as Ryu and Ken fist bumping before a match consistently tells so much about those characters better than hours of story mode cutscenes can. 
it can't be that much harder to do with 3D models. So why do you, they why do you think they stop doing these? Also, what are your, some of your favorites? Mine is Iori versus Bison and CDS two. This has probably been asked before, but oh well. I don't think it's been asked before. No, but it it is coming back. I've noticed this actual trended on Twitter. Like people were asking about like, man, I miss these old moments where the characters would interact with each other. Like nowadays, all it is is character one shows up, character two shows up. They talk about the fight. They fight. Yeah, dude, Sagat and Adon doing the Muay Thai check and uh, Alpha. Oh, my God, that's so sick. <laughs> Where they, they clash elbows, they clash knees, and they clash high kicks. It's it's really cool. And then they do their uh, patons at the end. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's it's really cool to watch. I like that. Like Kai versus Soul, where basically Kai and Soul just burst in on the scenes. They're, like, hitting each other with their swords, and then they throw supers at each other, and then they're like, Yo, it's time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That's that's super sick. Yeah, I love Eno versus Soul, where like she curses him, and you can hear the bleep. Heaven or hell. I like that. One. Yeah, that's good. Why have they stopped it? I think it's been on the back burner because we've been asking for so many other things, like fix the netcode, put crossplay. I think it's because now that it's 3D, it's a little harder to do. Yeah. Because I think that the game has to register the entrance of the character, you know? Because in 2D, it's all drawing. So you can kind of just draw whatever as an intro. But in 3D, you have to implement, you have to like have the character come in. So what is the character doing? Now, I'm not saying that 3D models will never have, a 3D model fighting game will never have 2D interactions it's just i see where he's coming from yeah tekken has special intros in their voice lines not their animations like so does every other fighting game like yeah. uh what is it uh mortal kombat does that guilty gear does that mm-hmm. it's just the voice lines yeah. but like i like the interactions a lot so yeah i think if we ask for it right like what we've shown as a community especially like you touched on it earlier is developers and the and the community have been having a better discourse as far as what we want what we don't want so the communication has been better i think if the community starts petitioning like they have with rollback like like they have with other things like hey we would like to see the legacy old intros or special intros or rival intros come back or return in some sort of capacity it'll happen eventually and then once it happens with one game maybe another game will follow so it's kind of like a trickle down effect Let's get rollback, and then after rollback, let's get crossplay first, and then after we get that, we can we can ask for intros again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, that boy eighty one on YouTube asks, "What are your predictions for Virtual Fighter Cross esports? Do you think it'll be a new game or a re-release of Virtual Fighter Five with rollback and focus on competitive gaming?" You know, it's been a while since we talked about Virtual Fighter Cross esports since that initial trailer. I remember correctly they said it's going to be a new game but japan gets access to it first that's right yeah that is right well they said it was going to be a new experience i don't think they said it was going to be a new game because virtua fighter final showdown with rollback netcode is technically a new experience but who that's knows true i would love for it to be a new game rather than just you know a port with rollback and then make a world tour for it 
think it'd be nice. The the 3D space needs to challenge Bandai Namco a little bit that isn't Dead or Alive because Dead or Alive is they uh they're struggling to <laughs> it's not good. So core values, man. Core values. Yeah, Koei Tecmo's heart is not in the best of its DOA community. Like they don't care. You know, they really don't care because for whatever reason. So they're not going to be the one that will challenge Bandai Namco and give, a, you know, inject a little bit of a parody into this market because it's all Soul Calibur and Tekken right now. So if we can have Sega come out here with Virtua Fighter and, you know, keep Tekken on its toes a little bit, to be like, hey, you have a competitor here and we're doing things that you might not have thought of, I think that would be really good. And I think the way you do that is with Virtua Fighter 6, not a revamping of Virtua Fighter 5. I like that. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, number eight. El Usuario Perdido, by I call him the lost user on YouTube, asks, what are the most dumb nicknames you had given characters and why? For example, my friends and I call Warakia Lawaka the girl in English because the pronunciation was similar and because a friend of ours took like a month to realize that Warakia was a female. I don't think Warakia is a female, dude. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a guy. <laughs> That's the vampire in Melty Blood, right? That's not a girl. I'm like 98% sure that that's a... Am I going to get canceled for saying this? I thought that was a dude. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Also, Red Arcute is... Wait, 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 wait. Because that stupid laugh she does during J2C. Yeah. Uh, J2C is a great move for Red Arc. Because she laughs like a psychopath. It's great. Mm-hmm. Also, she... Uh, it's just a good move in general. Yeah, it's a good move. Good ender for her... Uh, her juggle in here. I don't really have any stupid ones. I'll shorten character names. Like instead of Margaret and Persona, I'll say Margo. Like I'll use a nickname if it's lore related, but I don't really, or I'll, I'll use a nickname if I don't know who the the game is or the character. I'll be like, Oh, which on a broom, but that's a descriptor. That's not a nickname. Hmm. It's cool, but I don't use, give nicknames out. Yeah. Unless they really catch on. Like nobody ever calls Gordo. In Undernight Gordo, right? You say Grim Reaper. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but at that point, you're just memeing. Yeah, but like that's once it becomes infamous enough that it catches on. Everyone does it. Yeah, everyone does it. So, all right. And then my topic of the week. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, thoughts on the debate on should fighting games remove inputs and make it easier to pick up, or should they try to do the strive approach and keep them in and make buffer length longer to help newcomers learn fighting games? Are auto combos the future? What are your thoughts? I think they should do the strive approach and just lengthen the buffer length so that that way people can learn how to do inputs. I don't think you should remove inputs. I think you should just make it easier to do the input. Depends how long, right? How long is the buffer window? Uh, In strive, it's 10 frames. Wow. What is it? In Edzard, it's three. Three, yeah. Three frames. And in plus R, it's zero frames. You you do it or you don't. (laughs) Yeah, there's no buffer. I think three is good, but then again, like, you know, I'm not a newcomer. <laughs> yeah, I think I think with ten frames like they're doing in Strive, that's I think that's lot. fine. Isn't it a lot? Okay, so a buffer doesn't mean that's how long it takes for the move to come out. It just means that's how long the game is willing to read your input yeah, to see what you're trying forever. to do. Fine. How, I mean, I've I have a little sister who can't even do a, a six two three move. If she can't do it, in three frames, what if in 10 frames she finally hits that Z input in motion? There, she now did a DP. 
what are your thoughts? Do you think it should be easier to to do inputs, or do you think that we should just remove inputs for beginners? Uh, it depends on the. I don't think each input is is the same. I don't. I mean, it depends on what inputs. I don't. If we're talking about quarter circles, half circles, Z motions, charge motions, uh, my opinion is get good. If you can't do that, then maybe you should play something else. If those are really the barrier to entry for you, this ain't the right game for you. Are you about to say we need to remove pretzel and uh, FADCs? Uh, I don't think if you're going to have them in the game, I don't think they should be a requirement. Like Street Fighter 4 FADC was a little bit of annoying because it required everybody to know how to do it. Also, planking was a thing. So certain things are a little too hard. There's a big difference between having, like Blaze Blue, we're just going to make everything the same because we want everybody to play and have a good time, right? Universal overhead, auto combos, you know, you, you, there's no real experimentation there with the characters. Versus having a grappler, having 360, you chose to pick the grappler. If you don't like doing 360, go play a different character that doesn't have that motion. Well, Potemkin doesn't have a 360 motion, and he's a grappler. He has a half circle. And I think that that's a fine, that's a fine replacement. You don't have to do the full circle. You could just do a half circle and then come back into it. You're not losing anything if you turn a 360 into a 180. No, not necessarily, but it also makes characters unique in the fact that there's a reason why certain people pick certain characters. And if there's a barrier to entry with execution, the people that will fall off will do so because of the fact that it's either too hard or it's complex or they don't want to sink at the time. And then the people that won't fall off, that will continue, should be rewarded with whatever that character has going on with those specific inputs. I'm saying as a game mechanic, if something's hard just to be hard, get rid of it. There's no reason for it. But if a character has something that's difficult but makes it unique, maintain it because it's a part of that character's identity. Now, I don't mind like what you just said. If you want to make 360s a half circle, you can, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. That's my, that's my same thoughts. I think I'm, I'm a-okay with having fighting games stay complex, but if there's something that like no one's, does it, do we really need a pretzel motion? If you do it, you're, it's hype. Yeah, but no need to do the pretzel motion. Okay. We can, we could remove the pretzel motion, but if you can't do two, three, six, if you can't do a freaking Hadouken, come on. All right, the Blaze Blue mobile game, Dark War, alternative Dark War. What are your thoughts on it? I think that that is the end of Blaze Blue, boys, until Mori gets the fuck out. <laughs> you think there's an Ono situation happening soon, TM, at the Team Blue or formally? Yeah. Formal Team Blue? I think that, look, I think Mori is, needs to. Here's the thing. I'm not the only one that says Mori needs to go. The Blaze Blue community says Mori needs to go. He's going to be at the round table number two. Okay, cool. I'm, I get to hear about Blaze Blue Dark War, alternative Dark War. What? Why do I care? I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to play it. Okay. Are you going to play it? Is it even going to be out in the West? I thought that was like a... That's probably not even going to come out to the West. Yeah. And if it does, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Oh, man. Gotcha games. Ah, uh, man. Gotchas. It's literally just fake grand order reskinned. Cool. Do you really do we really need another fake grand order game? I don't think so. It's it hurts because it it like here's the thing. I think it's hilarious. I think that the Blaze Blue community is feeling what the Guilty Gear community felt when we for the 14 years we didn't have anything. 
because the Blaze Blue community, they were they were yapping it up and saying, <laughs> look at us. We get new games every year. Man, we're we got support and this and that. And the Guilty Gear community has been playing Plus R for 14 years doing nothing. And now Guilty Gear comes out and we're getting content every week and we're we're the ones you see the meta shifted now. Mm-hmm. Now the Guilty Gear characters are dancing on Blaze Blue characters with a big L on their forehead saying, Ah, look at us, losers. Yeah, I think when the news came out, we did, I didn't even cover it here because it was kind of insignificant to me. But it was a bummer to see the BlazBlue community react to it because I did follow Twitter when that happened. And I was like, oh, wow, they're really disappointed. But you know what? I don't care because as a Persona player, I wake up every day disappointed and sad and crying. So I know how it feels. Here's the thing. <laughs> I knew about that for the longest time. The only thing I got upset about is that they actually changed Bullet. Because Bullet, when they first announced Blaze Blue Alternative Dark War, she wore jeans. And then as soon as they announced, they officially announced Blaze Blue Alternative Dark War, she went back to ripped jeans. And I was like, uh. you know, honestly, it looked kind of cool that she had jeans. We didn't need to see freaking butt floss. But hey, I mean, That's if, what she's butt floss, if she's butt floss the character, then sure, she's butt floss the character. Yeah, good luck to them, man. I don't know with what's going on over there on the blaze blue side that's uh it's definitely been weird all right let's go to the shout outs of the week this is hilarious <laughs> this is awesome please p- for the love of all that's holy and unholy show this video i will yeah anyway. <laughs> uh hopefully he doesn't get no nah, he won't get mad he seems to have a good good humor about it so uh shout out to hungry box for dude one of the most hilarious pop-offs i've ever seen in my life that was hysterical when i watched that so while streaming he pops off so hard. He passes out <laughs> for 10 seconds and he has like this slow just fall from his chair to the floor. <laughs> and uh, I guess he put out a, that tweet, said he will go to a hospital to seek medical treatment if he needed, but he said he's okay. So yeah, that was really funny. You ever, yeah, y'all ever just pop off so hard you don't exist anymore? He did scream at the top of his lungs though. So that could have been it. By the way, please when you when you show it to them, please show them with the audio because I love how he edited the window shut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put a pause in there so they they should have just heard it right now as you just said that they uh they they saw the whole thing. Good, good. But uh, yeah, that's that's all we got for FGC Hollywood, and uh, we can get out of here. So, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you all for listening to episode twenty of FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. We will be back next week. You can find me on Twitter at Max Splicer. I'm not there very often, but you can still find me there. Broken, they can find you at BrokenWing777 underscore. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter often. So if you ever wanna if you ever wanna say anything, just literally tag me. I'll 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 respond. Trust me. You'll be there. Mm-hmm. And I stream on Twitch. I fixed my games, guys. I fixed my my stream. So I'll be back to streaming very soon. Hey, yo. And that's just at BrokenWing777, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, don't forget about our Discord link, Patreon, everything, all that jazz at the bottom of the video description on YouTube. So with that said, maybe Pringle will be back next week. Maybe not. But uh, either way, you know, keep it classy. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.